Do you find that you are doing that more? Do you try to be I try conscious to. of that? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know me. I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best to try to appreciate I'm some of the I'm doing my level best here, okay? Pleasures. Get yeah, what are you busting me over for? Get off my back. I'm turning into a therapist again. <laughs> See, last week you unleashed me to start doing therapy on you. Wasn't it last week or was it the week before? It was a couple we... weeks ago, okay. yeah. We had an actual therapy session the therapy as part session. of the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening, by the way, Courtney. <laughs> I know. Which week was that? I do them and I'm done. (laughs) It is that time again. Time to cope on the couch with Courtney and Brian. We have Courtney Kelly, who is a mental health therapist. I am a longtime patient within that world. And what we try to do is try to remove some of the stigma from the whole therapy situation and maybe give some advice along the way. Mm -hmm. And today, Courtney, we're going to move the line on something. Yeah. We're going to move the line on what a good life is. And a lot of people probably think I need a life with meaning Mm -hmm. and I need to be happy. And if I can't get those two things, I've failed, but not necessarily. Right. When I saw this article, so interesting. It was in Quartz and it said, psychologists say that a good life doesn't have to be happy or even meaningful. And I said, what? So I, I can I, check both boxes <laughs> in the wrong direction for myself there. I said, what the heck is going on with this? Because it's kind of funny. Always in my head, I'm thinking, well, people want to be happy. And then I'm thinking, well, not everybody wants to be happy. Maybe they want to do other things or meaningful things, things that you are doing for the greater good. Sometimes it can be challenging. But when I read this, I was like, wow, this is so interesting. There may be other dynamics of what can make up a good life. And one of the ones that they said here, because we've always assumed people want to live a life of pleasure and happiness or maybe the purpose, but there's another dynamic that could be at play and it's called psychological richness or psychologically rich life. And basically what that means is having a varied life and having different challenges along the way and actually even some hardships too. But I guess in that way too, finding a connection with that and living a good life through that. Apparently with that rich life, even I have to move a few investments around because (laughs) (laughs) it can be a struggle. I talk about happiness with people sometimes, people who say that they're not happy. And sometimes you almost have to redefine what happiness is. And I think you realize that as you get older, but you also need to realize, and I say this all the time, there's a reason why they call it the pursuit of happiness Mm -hmm. because it does take work and there is a chase involved, but it's not a pursuit of euphoria. I think that's where people get caught up and trapped and tripped up a little bit sometimes. Right. And I know I put the pressure on myself too, to be like, you have to be happy. You have to find a good thing in every situation. And while I think it's important to look for lessons and to figure out for me, meaning means a lot. Like I want to figure out purpose and meaning and find a lesson. And sometimes I say, you know what, maybe it's not my lesson. Maybe it's somebody else's lesson and I'm a part of that. Ah, so I feel like so it's that's a, how you're contributing. That's how. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like if I take something and I get upset about it, I might say, wait a minute, maybe this isn't my lesson to learn. Maybe I'm in service of someone else learning their lesson because I think we all are here for each other. So that's been something that I kind of use to help me to feel connected and feel meaning. But then I think about this. I love new ideas. 
ideas that kind of make me go, wait a minute, maybe everything I knew was just incorrect, Brian. Like I like to think about. Or maybe like this that. article is incorrect. <laughs> maybe we're wasting our time on all of this. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that you know what? Sometimes I have gone through big challenges and shaken things up a bit and felt like, oh man, I don't feel happy about this. But yet it is meaningful to me, and I think it's important to look at that. You use the word interesting, and part of this article, when it says to look at things differently, maybe it's not about finding meaning. Maybe it's not about being happy all the time. Maybe it is about trying to have an interesting life. And when you use the word interesting, it speaks to some of what you have already spoken about, which is sometimes something that is challenging Mm -hmm. and maybe even in a negative way can still be interesting. Right. Because sometimes we don't want to be bored, right? Right. (laughs) So that's the thing. Maybe people are like, I don't want to live a life of boredom. So a lot of the challenges can do that. And I know you've had a lot of challenges. And would you say, like after reading this article, would you say that some of your pursuit is for that psychological richness. Like, do you feel... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think there is a lot to that. And as I always say, in spite of the challenges that I have had, my life has never been dull. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing because I really do feel like where I get tripped up the most now that I still need to work on is when I feel like I get stuck in a rut. And I was just saying this to my wife last night because I work so much. I'm constantly putting out fires. I'm doing favors for people. After a while, I start to feel like a droid, Mm. just performing tasks, as opposed to living and experiencing life. And if you don't live and experience life, not only are you going to avoid the bad things, and that's how you insulate yourself sometimes, but sometimes you're not going to be able to open yourself up to some good things either. Exactly. It's funny you say that. I was talking to my husband the other day, and he said how his father used to say to him, listen, you are not a machine. He used to tell him that Mm -hmm. all the time, because when he was younger, and he still does this now, though. (laughs) (laughs) Not right. Listen to yeah, that all that I much, don't huh? think he listened to the lesson. But when he was younger, he would just work and work and work and just put his head down and do his thing. And he still does that now. It's interesting, though. The other night he said that. He said, I am not a machine. And I said, yeah, you have got to chill out and take some time <laughs> just to kind of relax. But I think my dad tried to instill something a little bit dissimilar in me where he was a worker bee. Mm-hmm. And to him, the goal was to work as hard as you could, to put enough of a nut away so that someday you can retire Mm -hmm. and enjoy the fruits of that labor. But what ended up happening to him and what I see increasingly for contemporaries of his, sometimes by the time you get to that point, you are physically debilitated and unable to enjoy that. You can't do the traveling that you thought you were going to be able to do. You can't play the golf game. Maybe the spouse that you expected to spend the golden years with passed away Mm -hmm. before you were able to. So I think that That's an interesting lesson, too, where people say, hey, stop, smell the roses every once in a while and don't be that droid. Mm -hmm. There's something to that. And that is something I think that can pull you out of ruts, maybe make things a little bit more interesting, give you a chance to take a breath and also give you perspective on what life is and what brings you meaning and what maybe brings you happiness versus what doesn't. And it's funny, too, because, um, you know, they talk about here, we can have a combination of different things. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's things 
things you do for the pursuit of happiness and also for uh, psychological richness. There's different things and also for meaning, but also things can change over time too, so that you may be focused on, like you said, the working, having meaning from that and putting money away and doing all of that. But as you get older, you might actually shift into more of that comfort Mm -hmm. and like derive more pleasure from being with your family and staying home and being around the familiar rather than the variety and getting out there and meeting new people and trying new challenges. And so it's interesting how it may shift over your lifetime. And maybe that's where the older people start to say, hey, reflect on your life. Maybe I should have stopped and smelled the roses more. And so they're trying to impart that knowledge on to younger people. I think an older person would tell somebody who's younger than them who isn't taking their vacation, Mm -hmm. take the damn vacation. Right, right. Because nothing's guaranteed. We actually had someone very close to us, a family friend, worked and worked and worked and worked and had all these plans for the future. And he didn't make it to his retirement. And it was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. The great thing about him, though, is he would take time. He would work like crazy during the week, but he took time with his wife on the weekends to go do little day trips and stuff like that. So while it was very sad that he wasn't able to realize a lot of his dreams for retirement, he wasn't just all about focusing on work 24-7. And he did integrate some things to have more of a balanced life. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't want to do anything to belittle that or whatever. Seem like I'm making a joke here at the expense of that. But you know when you see that cop movie and at the Mm -hmm. beginning, oh, it's the guy who's a week away from retirement. Right then you're like, "Uh uh-oh. And you don't want to be that guy or that gal. Exactly, exactly. So I think what's important, and when I talk to my clients too, sometimes getting through really difficult situations or getting through challenges, I often will say about what's meaningful. Let's talk about what's meaningful in your life. Connect to purpose. But I like this because it gives me another opportunity, another dimension to talk to people about other things that they may be connecting to. Maybe I was being too narrow with saying, hey, what makes you happy or where do you find meaning? Since there's other dimensions to look at in life as far as, hey, where can we find some value out of this challenge? How does this keep things interesting? (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's talk about your strengths. I do talk to people a lot about their strengths and stuff, about how they get through things. But I think this is helpful for people to think about in their life how they can live a better life for themselves. I use the comparison to happiness and euphoria. And another thing I think I've learned as I've become older is to have more of an appreciation for the simple pleasures. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't want to lower the bar because they have aspirations and they have dreams. And if they don't hit these certain, maybe overly lofty goals for Mm -hmm. themselves, they feel like they're failing, which only feeds into not being happy. Right. And if you can maybe take a breath and realize that sometimes you're outside and you see a beautiful sunset, Mm -hmm. and that can be a gift in and of itself. Does it mean that you've accomplished something, but you talk about awe all the time? Yeah. And we talk about perspective all the time. I think that's a good example of what we're speaking to. Absolutely. And do you find that you are doing that more? Do you try to be conscious of that? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know me. I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm doing my best to try to appreciate I'm some of the I'm doing my level best here, okay? Pleasures. <laughs> Get yeah, what are you busting me up for? Get up my back. I'm turning into a therapist again. <laughs> See, last week you unleashed me to start doing therapy on you. Wasn't it last week or was it the week before? It was a couple we... weeks ago, okay. yeah. We had an actual therapy we session the therapy as part session. of the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening, by the way, Courtney. <laughs> I know. Which week was that? I do them and I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of here. I gotta go. Yeah, so you unleashed that in me, so it's really your fault. <laughs> so now I just want to keep turning it on you. Another thing that I've been running into a lot, Courtney, and I can only imagine how much you're running into it, especially with the younger generation who have experienced such a disruption in their lives, mm-hmm. especially the college-age students right. who now, 
probably feel like their lives don't have meaning. They don't mm-hmm. have purpose. They've been torn out of their dorm rooms, things like that. Right. All too often, I see this approach where they just become further insulated. It's almost as if they're trying to protect themselves from something mm-hmm. else letting them down. Yeah. So they kind of withdraw. They become more isolated when in reality, you were talking about feeling like you have purpose and feeling like you're contributing. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a way to get back out there. And that's a way to give your life meaning. I know some kids who don't have jobs right now, and I think they're almost afraid to. Maybe they're afraid of being out there with the pandemic and the variant and everything else. But you can only hide from life so much. And if you hide from it too much, your life starts to lose that meaning. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're not contributing. You feel like you don't have a purpose. And that can downward spiral pretty quickly. And that's the thing we always say about depression. Having purpose and meaning can really help you to decrease depression and feel like you're connecting to something. And right now, of course, with the pandemic, it's so difficult for people who especially derive pleasure from social interactions Mm -hmm. and being around other people. Right now, it's really difficult because we've actually had to cut that down during the quarantining. And now we're up and down with the numbers and up and down with what's going to happen here. So people are being cautious. And that is a tough thing. And that can, like I said, feed into depression and anxiety, that uncertainty. But like you said, it is a good thing. It's important for people to think about, okay, what gives them some pleasure and what gives them a sense of accomplishment and adding in those. You can add in both in your day. It could even be like, let me clean the house. And then what can I do for pleasure? I can sit down and have a nice cup of coffee and watch my show that I like and alternating those. And that can help to kind of bring you more connection and kind of get you out of that funk. Well, also, too, we were talking about keeping things interesting Mm -hmm. as opposed to looking for happiness or looking for meaning. Sometimes take some risks, as we've said in the past, challenge yourself, scare yourself, do some things that might work out. They might not. Mm. And as we also always say, if it doesn't work out, you're going to learn way more from that than you are from the thing (laughs) that is going to work out. And we're always chasing the things Mm. that work out on our terms, not the universe's terms. And that can be a very unhealthy way to live. And I think that's what this article speaks to. Mm -hmm. Just setting unreasonable expectations, not being willing to take chances or willing to put in some work to find reasons as to why you are here, you should be here, and what your life is all about. Right. And also having a trust. You've talked about this before, too. Sometimes we push and push and push, and sometimes we have to kind of pull back and just kind of breathe and trust in what we've built and where we are and where we need to go in what other things are going to come to us. And sometimes we don't trust in that and we get frustrated and we're like, oh, this isn't going to work. And we get really frustrated. Well, people are so afraid to let life come to them. Mm -hmm. They constantly want to be in hot pursuit of whatever it is that they want. But as I've also said in the past, let's just say a prospective romantic partner. If you're chasing, 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 overwhelming them, smothering them, you're really forcing them to run away from you chasing Mm -hmm. them. Whereas if you kind of lay back in the weeds a little bit and people also, they talk about this a lot of times the playing hard to get approach. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're not so available. You're overly available. That can be kind of a turnoff in a lot of ways. And sometimes you almost have to approach life in that way. Mm -hmm. Play hard to get to life. Don't send that message out to the universe. I need this so badly because people, they start to sense your desperation. Mm -hmm. And maybe even the universe does. (laughs) And maybe even the universe sees how unhealthy that is. Is this what you battled when you were out there dating, Brian? (laughs) Partially. Yeah. I had a lot of problems romantically. And Courtney, I 
I had a lot of good things happen to me when I was much younger Mm -hmm. in my career, and it set a certain bar. And I don't see a lot of that happening now that I'm older. Mm -hmm. And I have to realize that there's something about being the hot young prospect and being better off not knowing what I know now, not knowing then what it was. Right. And having to accept that maybe I was too lucky when I was young and I didn't have an appreciation for it. But the frustrating thing is, and I've been battling this lately, when a lot of good things were happening to me career wise, Mm -hmm. I know that I wasn't ready for a lot of them Mm. in that I wasn't as seasoned. I wasn't as mature. Let's just say my writing wasn't on the level then that it is now. And yet here I was getting all these gifts. And now when I feel like I have more to offer, the universe is kind of like, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. It's good that you've got yeah. all this stuff going on now, but I don't know that we're interested in it right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that might be ageism or sometimes it just might be the timing and it's just not meant to be right now. Yeah. And sometimes maybe it's never going to happen, but you can drive yourself crazy right. trying to overanalyze and overthink all of this stuff. Whereas back at that time, I'm not going to tell you that I wasn't pursuing things. I certainly was, but in other ways, I didn't have a lot of preconceived notions that I have now. So maybe I was a little bit more open about letting things come to me. That's true. That could be because like you said, you were more naive about Mm -hmm. how things worked and you were open. Not that you wouldn't now, because you definitely still would, but I mean, you asked people on your path, like, oh, hey, who should I talk to? Where should I send this? And you had an openness about not really realizing exactly all the competition and just being like, I'm going to send it out, see what happens. I mean, even with getting a radio gig, you were just like, all right, what the heck? And it's interesting, Brian, because that was similar for me with radio. I never thought about going into radio. It was just because I read a book and acting and they said, oh, you should try to go to local radio stations or TV stations and you can kind of work on your skills and that kind of thing and build an audience. So I walked into a studio and I was like, hey, I need an application. I did not know anything about how this worked. I filled out an application. And now you realize how ridiculous that is. Too. <laughs> well, I have no experience. Yeah, I have exactly. <laughs> I'd like to be on air. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I went to the studios at HJY in East Providence and I just walked in and said, hey. And a girl that I went to college with actually popped out. She was walking through and she just said, oh, hey, what are you doing here? And I go, hey, I want a job in radio. And she's like, oh, you should go down to a college radio station that we knew of. She told me to go there. They'd hire me right away and that I wouldn't make money, but they'd train me and teach me. So I went down there. They did. They pulled me right in, taught me how to use the boards, put me right on. And I started making tapes and I started to love it. I go, oh, I really like this, but I never thought about it before. And then somebody else I knew said, oh, send a tape here. And I ended up getting a full-time gig. I didn't realize that it didn't work that way. (laughs) I'm approaching 30 years in radio and I've told the story many times, even on the podcast, how the way that it started, I happened to be in the car when someone said, I'm looking for somebody funny who likes sports. It was Mm. a radio personality that I knew of. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds like it'd be fun. And again, that was life coming to me. That wasn't me chasing that. And 30 years later, here I am. I mean, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And to speak to what I said too about getting success at a young age, not appreciating it at the time, and then at this age, really looking at it differently. If you listen to Tom Brady's story, when he first came in to professional football, and the next thing you know, they're in Super Bowls left and right. And he's like, oh, well, this is how it is. This is pretty easy. (laughs) Then they went like 10 years without it. And he said, that's when I really started to realize, oh, this is really hard and really Mm. difficult and something that I have to go all in on. And here he is now at the age of 44. Mm. He's completely redone his diet. He's doing the pliability thing. He's trying to do everything he can to just get that other taste of it. Whereas there are many 
many other people who, by the time they're 44, they're ready to hang it up and maybe just focus on enjoying the rest of their lives. But I guarantee you the 44-year-old version of Tom Brady appreciates a Mm -hmm. Super Bowl win a lot more than the one who got one in his early 20s. Right, right. But that's amazing, though. Yeah, like you said, he thought it was easy. Oh, just every year this happens. That's great. That's cool. But that's That's how I felt about my career, too. I was like, and that's not to say that I didn't have any adversity or I wasn't told no. I was told no, but it was a little easier to shake off the nose because at that point, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Now, I'm just like, I do know what I'm doing. How come I'm getting no's, you know? (laughs) Same thing in the dating world, Courtney. What's up with this? You should see my skills. (laughs) You got mad skills, Brian. But yeah, and being younger, sometimes we're just bold. (laughs) I've walked into places. You have less to lose, too. That's the other thing. I heard about this modeling agency. I looked it up. We didn't have Google then. I don't know how I looked it up, but I just looked up and she actually, the lady had moved into her house and that's where the office was. So I went up to this house and knocked on the door and said, hi, I have my photo and I wanted to submit for doing some modeling. And she's like, this is my house. And I was like, oh, so sorry. She goes, well, you seem like you're pretty determined. Come on in. All right. Walk and for me. Right she, behind goes, you. she said, who's your plus size friend? I might have a little something for him as well. Come on in. <laughs> Sometimes I think I'd like to channel her again now mm-hmm. being 50, but I'd like to channel her again and be like, all right, how do I get over this obstacle? Because there's something about that, that kind of wide-eyed, you start out, this is what I'm going to do, and that's just how it's going to be. I love that. One of the things that I love about getting older, people ask me this all the time, would you give anything to be young again? My answer mm-hmm. is always no, because I don't want to be that stupid. Yeah. I want to be the street smart version of myself who doesn't trust everything and everybody that right. comes into my path. Right. But by the same token, I kind of miss the wide-eyed innocence a little right. bit. When you just don't know what you could be getting yourself into, it's like you step into a lot of things, and there could be some some great opportunities there. And yeah, I do wish sometimes I could kind of channel her again and be like, okay, where can we go now? What's the things that I keep telling myself I can't do because now I'm older and I know the, the odds on things. But Well, the problem is now we know what the consequences are <laughs> if we screw up and we know where the landmines are. Right. And we have mortgages now and yeah. we have like more responsibility. We have stuff. adult problems. It's tough. But I still think as a life coach too, in my heart, I do still hold that as a motivator and a life coach. I do try to help people to figure that out, to say, okay, Sometimes you do need to, and this is how we find meaning or happiness or psychological richness, figuring out what it is that resonates with you and then figuring out what you need to do to move forward on it. No matter what age you are, it doesn't matter. We don't have control over a lot in terms of what life is going to bring us, but we do have control to a degree about trying to have at least an interesting and a fulfilling Mm -hmm, life. And that's where the pursuit is important, that you have to put the work in. And that's not to say, because I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, sometimes you do need to let life come to you, Mm -hmm. but not all the time. Right. That doesn't mean just sit there and wait for great things to happen to you. If that's the only thing you do, that's never going to happen. No, no, absolutely. And there was a little story in the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. I don't know if you sit down and read those, Brian. Oh, I avoid those like the plague. You need a little Chicken Soup for your soul, buddy. But one of the stories I was reading, I thought it was really great. The author was saying that this woman, I think it was her grandson, got stuck under a car and she actually found the strength to pull the car up. Oh, they call that something. It's like related to the Incredible Hulk where people just get this unbelievable strength in a desperate situation. So she did that and he was okay and everything. And a lot of reporters were rushing to try to have the story. They wanted to hear what happened and she didn't really want to talk to anyone. I think one of the authors from Chicken Soup of the Soul, he was able to talk to her and he said, why are you upset? And she goes, well, I'm amazed that I did that, but I really didn't realize I had the strength in me all the time to be able to do other things in my life. 
life. And she felt kind of depressed that she never applied that to other places in her life. And so he said, well, what did you always want to do? And she said, I wanted to work with rocks. I wanted to be a geologist. And he said, well, why don't you go to school for that? And she's like, now I'm, I think she was in her 60s or something. And he said, well, why don't you go to school? And she goes, because by the time I'm done with this, I'll be like 70 years old. He's like, well, you want to be 70 years old with or without a degree? Because either way, you're going to be 70. <laughs> and I always remember that. And she's like, you know what? She went back to school. She got her degree and she started working in geology. And I always remember that because the thing is, a lot of times we, because of all the constraints that we have as an adult and our age and all of these things, we start to use that as barriers. But guess what? We're going to be that age anyway. I hear this all the time. I don't want to go back to school. I'm going to be 50 by the time I get a degree. Well, you're going to be 50 either way. <laughs> then the pandemic hit and a 70-year-old woman had to do geology over Zooms. And believe me, them trying to figure out that technology. That was tricky. Good luck. But I think the thing that I take away from that story more than anything is she didn't realize she had that level of physical strength within her. Mm-hmm. And the same can be said for your emotional strength. Right. For as much as you feel beaten down by life sometimes mm-hmm. and that you are helpless and things are hopeless right. and you can't do it, pursue it. Put in the work. Yeah. Try to channel that superhuman strength yeah. from an emotional perspective too. Find that thing that resonates with you and that will give you that great life that you're looking for. And it could look different to everyone, Brian. And that's why I love this article is because it made me kind of twist the way I look at things so that I can be in service to other people in different ways so that I'm not just imposing, oh, okay, it's either this or it's this. It's happiness or it's meaning or it's purpose or it's this. No, I mean, there could be so many other ways that people look at their lives and how to have a good one. Two things. The whole thing about the strength, emotional and physical. You take your Bill Bixby and channel your Lou Ferrigno. There's a data reference that only certain people are going to get. This is why you're brilliant, Brian. (laughs) But the other thing that I want to say what you have just said about, well, this is happiness, this is misery, this is this, this Mm -hmm. is that. How many times have you and I said to each other, the people who get stuck and trapped more than anybody else are those who see things in extremes. They Mm -hmm. see the black and the white and there's no middle. And the world is becoming that more than it's ever been Mm -hmm. my entire life. Look for the grays. Look for the grays. You'll find a lot more meaning, happiness, Mm -hmm. and interesting things happening within the grays. You're also going to be open to a lot more if you stay in the gray area as mm-hmm. opposed to holding on to black or white for dear yeah. life. And sometimes we have to look at the both. We have to say yes and rather than right. yeah, but putting them together. Yes, this can be true here. And guess what? It's also true over here. Maybe my life started out with this and I had all of these things about where I want to find meaning. But guess what? As I got older, I want to integrate these other things. It can be an and situation and it can be all the grays. That is a big thing that I talk to with clients, not black or white, because that can lead to a lot of unhappiness. Mm-hmm. I came in here a small Bill Bixby. I'm leaving an emotionally charged Lou Ferrigno. I just can't stop saying it. Don't make me angry, Mr. McGee. You won't like me when I'm angry. Courtney, while people who are much younger than us Google all of that crap. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's another thing they can do online. They can also contact you. Yes. Come to our website, catcountry.com, the Wellness Wednesday page. We do a weekly episode to help people out. And you can also email me, wellness at wctk.com. And then, of course, you can check us out on the socials at Cat Country Mornings in a lot of spots. We have personal pages as well. Courtney Kelly. Courtney with a C, E-Y on the Kelly, or Courtney Kelly Bedard. I'm Brian Mulhern, Brian with an I-H-E-R-N. And don't forget about telling other people about our podcast, which they can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can even use your smart devices. Wow. There's a lot Everywhere. of black and whites there, but there's also a lot of grays. <laughs> a lot of grays, a lot of grays. <laughs> and we're in our 50s, so we know from gray. <laughs> we're going to catch you next episode. Thanks so much for coping on the couch with us. Thank you. I want to talk about